Hello and welcome, this is Podcast 15, Juggling Podcast 15 that is, uh, live from uh, Berlin. My name is Luke Burridge and with me here is... Paula Rente. And uh, also we've got a special guest today who's going to sit through the full recording of the podcast with us and uh, hopefully throw in some comments and we'll, uh, and we'll ask him all the questions that you've been sending in as well. We have a fantastic juggler, one of my favourite jugglers, um, Stefan Zing. Hello. Um, so you yeah. actually send in questions? Yeah, we've had quite a few people uh, send in questions, a few emails because as well. Because you said that the next interview will be with Stefan. Yeah, last week I said, cool. Stefan Zing will, because I thought I was going to meet up with you, of course we hadn't got it worked, or everything worked out. Uh, but I said send in questions, and lots of people did send in uh, questions, and um, yeah, some interesting questions for Stefan. Also, someone else who wrote in was um, the guy who, you know, our first ever fan post, the uh, the piece of mail that we got through... Uh, was it Donald was his name? Donald M. Donald M. Anyway, he sent me an email saying, yeah, he said, uh, thanks a lot for answering questions or talking, you know, getting the thing. And he says, great podcast, really enjoying it. So, um, yeah, good feedback. So, first of all, a bit of news. Um, what have we been up to? Last week we said we're going to Dresden Convention and we've been to Dresden Convention, not just me and Polar, but uh, Stefan was there as well. And uh, I said I wasn't going to perform, but then... I, I performed anyway because I got an email back through from the from the organisers and they said, "Hey, do you want to do something in the show?" And I said, "Yes." And they said, "Do you want to do your bounce routine?" And I said, "No," <laughs> because the bounce routine that I do um, requires me to take a huge table and a slab of marble and uh, and, and a we big set. Five people in the car. We had seven people we in the car. Yeah. Really yeah. yeah, so we had a we had a crowded uh, crowded car on the way down there, and I didn't want the trouble of uh, getting down to uh, to uh, Dresden Convention. Actually, talking about car troubles, Stefan definitely had. Go on, Stefan, give us a quick rundown. How what happened when you uh, went to uh, to Dresden? See if you can wrap it up in about two minutes. Okay. So yeah, on, on Saturday we drive to Dresden, and uh, thirty kilometers in front of Dresden, the key break. I just wanted to open the tank and the key break. So what we have to do? I called the ADAC. It's the German uh, Automobile Club. Adak, Adak, yes. And they told me it will cost 480 euros to repair it. That's a lot. So I took a taxi to the convention, and I tried to find a possibility to get the key. On One second. Is it just you in the car? No, it was me and Francesco. Okay. Francesco, an Italian chuckler. So we took a taxi, and then. We I needed a second key, which was in Berlin, to come to uh, Dresden on Sunday. This was working by my flatmate. Go to the train station, to the train which is going to Dresden. Try to find a person who took the key, and he found a really nice girl. Then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you said this took like you, this. Your flatmate had to ask twenty people. Yeah, yeah. All the people they were really scared and say, no, 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 I don't take this key. I don't know. They were thinking there were some drugs in the key. I don't know what. <laughs> drugs in the key, and I want you to deliver it to Dresden. Very strange thing. I don't know. Um, so this really nice small girl uh, took the took the key, and then I was on the train station. I get the key. I was really happy. So everything was working. I took a taxi. Now we were five peoples. Five people on the way. You never said. I didn't know that. <laughs> no, no. Back we were five peoples because they were seeking everything will work. Mm. <laughs> ah. Okay, we took the taxi to the petrol station. We were there. I, I, I put the key in the in the locker, and it was not working. So I think there a little bit of the key was still inside inside the locker. So it, it, the key broke in the petrol tank. The key broke in the petrol tank. But a small bit broke beforehand in the ignition. That's the only solution. Okay. <laughs> I yeah. <don't> think so. <laughs> what, 
the other possibility is that, that Francesco and me we tried on Saturday with a little with a little I don't know needle yeah. to go in. Perhaps we damaged we damaged yeah. it there. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So very <laughs> So how did you finally get in there? Pardon? How did you finally get the car started then? Okay, then we had okay, we had uh, sweet chucklers from uh, from Hungary. Yeah. And they went to uh, at this uh, at this petrol station. They found uh, really nice truck drivers from Hungary and Poland. Mm-hmm. So uh, three truck drivers tried to to open the locker of the car. Two and a half hours, and after two and a half hours, it finally worked. They damaged everything. It was working, but it damaged everything. So now I have to repair all the stuff. I don't know, 300 euros will cost, but... <laughs> so you yeah. might... So with all the time and effort solved, you could have just called out the uh, ADAC and uh, got them to sort out in the first place. Yeah, but this would be 180 euros more expensive. Okay. Okay, I understand that. But uh, overall, good time at Dresden Convention? Uh, aside from that? Yes. <laughs> no, you can be honest. You can be honest. Um Podcast. Okay, okay, okay. So okay, this car was really stressful. Okay, yeah. the, and then I had rehearsals on Saturday for the show, and there were stairs which were. I just hit it my my head. Hey, I know I did exactly the thing last year. Polar Me did. too. Polar <laughs> did too, and it really hurts because you run up, you're running up full speed up the stairs, and it's and it's just right above your head. And uh, if Polar, I mean Polar's are quite, quite a lot shorter than yeah, the yeah. two of us, but even Polar could knock her head on that. Yeah, jumped. <laughs> I think the height really in the beginning it's two meters, then immediately it reduces to one meter. I know it's. And a, I was really running. I hit it. Oh, it was so painful. I put my hands on my head. Yeah. Then I was thinking, okay, if I now put my hands down, they are really wet. Yeah. But it was not like this. <laughs> I just had some headache. but uh, No, but I, I saw at the top of your head you showed me, and there was like this red mark, and you said that you, you balance the ball on one side of your head and the other side of your head, and you have to roll it over yeah. a bump on your head. with a This was a kind of hurting. Now, now it's working, but uh, yeah. there it was really hurting. Yeah, well... Uh, I I feel for you because I've I've hurt myself so many times before I've gone on stage. It's sort of like I went through a phase of it, like a Berlin convention a while ago, and then I did this Diablo routine and smacked my head off this the side of this stage as well. And at Dresden, oh, it was over at the um, the Wohnzimmer variety. And uh, anyway, really, oh, I don't know how I do it all the time. But uh, anyway, uh, let's uh, get on with um, what else are we talking about? Oh yeah, the show itself. Uh, Polo, you saw the full show from the front. Go on. <laughs> yeah, what do you What do you think of the show? <laughs> um, like when I talked to other people afterwards, they all really liked it. <laughs> it was really honest. Yeah? <laughs> but you can, it's yeah, it's sort of like sneakily honest. Actually, the thing is, all of the a lot of the acts were really good. I, of what I saw, I didn't see all of them, but uh, yeah, some some really good acts. And the hosts of the show, there was the three guys. What do they call themselves? Airspace. Uh, was it Flugträumer? Flugträumer. Flugträumer. Which? Oh yeah, I. I guess that means airspace in German, doesn't it? Fly dreamer. Fly, fly dreamer. Fly dreamer. Dream. Flux. Oh, wrong. oh I, was, I thought it said. I thought it was fly. <laughs> fly room. But what's room in German? Room. Raum. Yeah, and I thought that's what it was. I thought it was flying ra- room, not flying dream. Anyway, so I'll get mixed up there. So. Um, yeah, but they were really good and uh, had lots of interesting little skits, but they never actually introduced anyone on the stage, and that's what really annoys me about when when a host of the show doesn't introduce someone on the stage. It's not like, here's this person, you just sort of go on, and uh, the audience, uh, not really sure. But uh, the audience seemed to really enjoy it, um, and there were some really good acts, uh, including... Uh, 
you you had the name you know the names of the, the, the who do the umbrella routine with the dancing yeah it was Manne and Jeanette Manne and Jeanette um, I think they are from Halle okay anyway they do a fantastic dance routine with um, with umbrellas and we saw them was it Bremen convention last year and uh, really enjoyed it but they they actually dropped they throw and catch the um, the umbrella like twice in the whole routine and they dropped twice when we saw them before at Bremen uh, but this time they did it and it's a lot smoother you can see they're a lot more relaxed on the stage now and that was I think that was one of the standout acts of the show and uh, and I did an act which was um, the idea was good but the execution on stage around I dropped a lot on stage uh, I did a Ven uh, did you see that? no you probably didn't know anyway uh, <laughs> no, and Sebastian's act Sebastian? Sebastian was with the clubs and oh, yeah. the dancing club act yeah, which uh, was good. That was uh, good. he dropped a lot as well. Um, it was the first time he played this act, and uh, so it was okay. Oh, okay. I didn't know it was the first time, but uh, I I thought it was very interesting. Some of the tricks that he does is amazing. But I've seen him practice a lot at the catacombans, so no- nothing really surprised me uh, about it. But it's still great. But when I've seen him practice, he's actually better in practice than uh, I've seen him on stage. Everybody, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I I went through my routine in the afternoon and like dro- I did a re- run through. I mean, I've not performed the routine for about two years or so. Um, and uh, yeah, oh no, I didn't. I performed it in Australia, but I, it's not a routine that I work on. And I did it through in the afternoon and did it with like one drop, and then again with two drops. And I thought oh, that's fine, you know, one two drops in practice. And on stage, about fifteen drops. <laughs> um, and then uh, the finale of the show, the final act was, of course, Stefan. And uh, great stuff. I really enjoy your act. Thanks. What do you think of your act on on Sunday? Oh, I was not really satisfied. Um, to be honest, I could see that because when I went backstage afterwards, you sort of like went over and sat in a corner for a bit. I'm not sure that. that <laughs> 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 He's like sitting on the yeah, Wait, no, he sort of went over and it's like. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna just about to go up and take his finale bow at the end as well, and he's. <laughs> um, but no, I, I still really enjoy that. I think I've seen it like four times now, five times. I'm not sure. Um, so anyway, Dresden Convention, we uh, it was really good. Did quite a few. On workshops, even if Thomas Dietz was the final act. <laughs> Thomas, oh yeah, at the end, yeah, at the end of at the end of the the show, you know, it's like, hey, and everyone's got the clap, and something. It's like, oh, and as a bonus, Thomas Dietz, and he comes out and he does this sort of like a three minutes, no less than that. It's like a minute and a half of of, of ring juggling, like three and three rings and four. Not surprising, not fantastic, just Thomas Dietz. Yeah, playing. and. It, <laughs> and it's like he just goes but, but wait Thomas Dietz can do really great stuff with wings but there he was just doing seven wings five yeah. wings six wings that's it. yeah he, he, it, it was just like some classic yeah, not, no finale <laughs> yeah, no yeah, yeah. special thing <laughs> um, so yeah a bit. but I think also it was not his idea it was the idea of the organiser and he was also there why I shall do this okay I do this but yeah it make it better no. yeah no Thomas <laughs> himself I asked him what are you doing I said he says, oh, I don't know they just want me to do something and he said maybe rings I was like what do you mean maybe rings you're not going to get up there and do an act he goes no they just want me to juggle or something which is which is quite cool oh Thomas his English is getting a lot better and uh, and because my German's getting a little bit better, we actually managed to talk to each other a bit in English <laughs> and a bit in German, which wow. is I know it's amazing. Um, I, and I guess my German can't be too bad because once he like we were a bit into a conversation, he just went, "Oh, you're speaking to me in German," which I thought was quite cool. Um, he didn't notice. He didn't. Quite a while. <laughs> he didn't notice that I was speaking to him in German and really struggling, rather than him, rather than me speaking to him in English and him really struggling. I don't know. Anyway, it was a bit strange situation. Uh, yeah, where are we up to? 
Um, Finale. Oh yes, yeah, show. yeah. It was it was good. Anyway, good show. Um, the audience really enjoyed it. Polar is sort of raising her eyebrows, but most like everyone else. I guess maybe I wasn't in the mood for a show. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, the thing is, I had seen like almost all of the acts before, or if not seen them as an act, but seen the juggler themselves, like uh, you know, big big chunks of it before. So there wasn't a lot of new stuff. Um, the only act that I hadn't really seen before and didn't know anything about was the. Uh, um, the contact juggling routine, which was instantly forgettable, and the club swinging routine, which was instantly forgettable as well, except her music. She, there was this girl who used a music called Cars Should Run on Cannabis. Did you did you hear the music? Anyway, it's just no. a song which goes, Cars should... No, wouldn't it be great if cars ran on cannabis? And I was thinking, no, no, it wouldn't be great. For a start, we wouldn't be able to smoke the cannabis, but then again, if they're driving down the street, everyone... I don't know what the message of the song was, but it was just some weird hippie stuff and it really annoyed and me it took too long oh it did it took ages and the, she and went on, she choreographed on, to the whole on. piece of music and the music is some kind of stoner music which is sort of just <laughs> and it just took absolutely ages but like I say good show apart from wow that's a lot of a lot of annoying stuff in a good show but I had that's a lot of, what I mean I know the thing, there's, there's so many good things in the show but then there were so many things that just went Ugh. but the hosts were really good but I didn't not as, enjoy the host. I thought all the sketches were really great, and they did this like, artistic stuff. It was after every act, they did their act. I know, and, it was and too I really, much. I really enjoyed all of the different acts. But I wanted yeah, them just I to didn't. suddenly come on stage and go. The next act is <laughs> Stefan or something. Anyway, so let's let's move on. That, I think that's all our news. All and our especially, I reviews. didn't enjoy the long finale. Like them, it's it's a nice idea to give a poem to every artist. Oh yeah. <laughs> but when, you, when you're just happy that the show is over, not because it was a bad show, just because it was a long show, yeah. you don't want to go on and on and on again. Yeah, and they, they read did. a poem out for every act in the Yeah, in and the then show. they said the audience to shut up when they didn't finish their poem <laughs> and took all the energy of the audience, which was the worst I didn't, thing I didn't all notice, of that. I didn't notice that. Didn't I did that. And they didn't do it once. <laughs> perhaps one act was really nice was from Richie. With the with the glow balls, with the two different. He faces. didn't use glow balls yeah. this time. Uh, no glow balls. Okay. No, but I've seen really the act before. Not. He yes. did it at the catacomb open yeah, stage yeah, yeah. before. Yeah, um, which is uh, Richard. Richard. Richie. Richie. Do you Richie, call it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, he's got a great act, which is he's got a mask on the back of his head, and his face on the front of his head, and he's got two characters, and he juggles with his back to the audience, but doing back crosses and stuff, and then he turns around and juggles as himself, and it's really nice. I think it was a bit too long, but uh, it's. What? Yeah. It was. It, it was fitted to the show. <laughs> <laughs> but it but was, the act was fantastic. It's a really good act, yeah, and I've seen it develop <laughs> over time, and uh, I, I think, you know, he's still got a way to go on it. He's still pro- probably got a few more months' work on it and get it down to, like, under nine minutes or however long it was. But uh, all of it's great. He just needs to, like, condense it down to, to refine. Uh, like sculpture, you start off with a big block and you, and you chisel it away until it's a, a work of art. Okay, I would say enough moaning now about the. Okay, let's move on um, because we do have fantastic convention. Yeah, it was a great convention. It was a really good convention. And I think now we should go on with the interview. Okay, so um, Uh, just one thing in the night, night from uh, Saturday to Sunday. Yeah, I put my sleeping bag in the hall. Yeah, and I was lying in the middle of the street where every person walked. So every half. What do you mean? Oh, in the sleeping hall. In the sleeping hall. In the sleeping hall. Yeah. Every half hour, somebody was. Um, oh, and that's a squeaky floor in there, wasn't <laughs> it? It's like this sprung floor for playing basketball. I don't know what it is. And it, it just walking, it goes... Yeah. I was wondering why you lay down there. I saw you Where laying else? down there. There was nothing more. It was so full. I would 
prefer to sleep on the toilet than where you, <laughs> you put your sleeping bag. And didn't you know the other sleeping hall? No, there was a whole no, sleeping no. hall. Where, where, the, where the unicyclists were practicing oh, okay. during the day, you could go and sleep in there. It's huge. And they, it's and really empty. Oh, really one thing quiet. that I definitely wanted to mention about this convention was that a lot of conventions uh, you oh, hear about... Yeah, the ratio of girls to guys. Now, of males to females, however you want to say it. Um, and uh, normally conventions, it's, it's mainly males, isn't it? Well, not mainly males. There's always a few more guys than girls. And especially um, in America when I went there, it's sort of like 95% guys, 5% girls. And, uh, and none of them good looking. And, uh, the, uh, and then in, in the UK, I think there's also a few more, a, a few more uh, guys to girls. In Germany, though, there's a lot more girls. And I always thought, you know, what is it? It may be about 60, 65% guys and the rest girls. But I kept counting and I realized that at the, at the convention this time, there was loads of girls. So I counted. And each time I counted, there was always more girls in the room or more girls in a section that I was counting than guys. It was always, you know, like 30 in a room of like 70 people there'd always be like 38, 39 girls to uh, uh, what, so, 32, 31 I think it's really often like this yeah, yeah. always more not girls not n- it's always a lot more equal I'm always saying yeah it's a lot more equal that you get it's more closer to 50-50 ah. but maybe it was a few more guys than girls but this time no it wasn't it definitely every every but time I counted were all young that's right <laughs> yes, yeah, that is true. There's uh, lots of young girls, but uh, some of them are really tracking well. Oh yeah, that's, yeah, uh, that's that's very noticeable. There's, there's coming uh, something new. Um, to see, I, I guess normally when you're at your convention and you see a girl, you know, juggling five clubs, you go, oh, it's a j- girl juggling five clubs. And that it's just like, oh yeah, you know, girl juggling six Another clubs. One. Yeah. yeah, but uh, um, I don't know. It's just uh, I just think that's. I don't know if it's encouraging or good or bad or anything, but it's just interesting. It does stand out. Uh, this, it did stand out at this it's convention. I think it's good, yeah. Because the more girls that get interested in something, the more guys that get interested in something. I think And it's that's the way it has to go. <laughs> <huh? laughs> well, if more guys juggle, well, it's very that, important. No, I'm just it's saying that if... That no, I'm just fine. saying when more girls juggle, it means Let's that... Let's go on with the interview. There's Thank there more, you. more guys <laughs> juggle, and everyone juggles more, you know. Um, yeah. It's and we'll true. all be a happy family. World peace, etc. Anyway, yeah, let's uh, let's get to some of these questions um, for, with Stefan. Now we've got the questions over here. Stefan hasn't seen these before, um, so uh, let's go right back to the beginning. Like uh, it, it's good to do with a with a uh, with an interview. So, um, Stefan, uh, when did you start juggling? How many years ago? Or how old were you when you started juggling? And uh, and just tell me how you began, really. I can't date it exactly. I just know it was Eastern. <laughs> um, I think it's 20 years ago now. And um, now I'm 31. No, it's not 20. It's 18 years ago. I think with 12 or 13 I started. I started because my brother started. And my brother is much more old than me. And I always wanted to be better than him. And he was, I don't know, I think I was in holidays with my parents. I come back. My brother showed me three balls, four balls. And he showed me Dave Finnegan everything about the art of chuckling. Yeah, the complete juggler. The complete juggler, this Bible. This was really my Bible in the beginning. So I started and I didn't stop. And uh, and I guess you start and you didn't stop. Did you just improve like right from the beginning and keep improving, keep improving? Or did you sort of get into it and go away from it and get into it again? And Not really, really from the beginning I was really, okay, I want to do it. And uh, I think the first five years I developed a lot and I, I didn't stop really. Then I had a stop of two two years, but in the beginning I was from the beginning I was there. Yeah. 
So what kind of things did you concentrate on? You're best known for being a ball juggler. Um, did you just concentrate on balls or did you do other stuff? I mean, the complete juggler is like full of everything. I think the first year I, I bought everything, like uh, cigar boxes, table stick, Diablo, cylinders, um, yes, and balls and, cl and clubs. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I was doing everything. But really after one year it was clear for me, okay, I, I stay with the balls. I don't know why, but uh, it was clear for me. Cool. So uh, that was, what, many, many years ago, like you say, 18 years ago. The first time I saw you was, I think, would have been at the EJC in 2002, main stage, public show in Bremen, I think it was. It was. Um, so uh, just fill in from, you know, just becoming a juggler to how did you end up juggling at the main stage EJC and become a, a performer of that caliber? Um Okay, after starting chuckling, after the first year, it was really clear for me, okay, I will become a professional chuckler. You knew back then when you were like 13, 14 years old? Yes. But then it stopped with 19 because then I, I don't know, I had a kind of change, li the, the life changed a little bit of me. I, I found out, oh, it's nice to go out, it's nice to go to a techno party, etc. Et then I stopped really for two years. I started university and during university, I just explored, oh, it's bullshit to be in the bibliotheque all the time, just reading books and uh, having a, like a machine in your head and can't stop thinking anymore. Um, and then the chuckling comes again, and after two years it was clear, okay, I tried. I stopped university, and I become a chuckler. It's amazing how many people you talk to who, who became good jugglers or sort of started juggling much more when they went to university. It's a great distraction from your studies. You know, so the best way of, of becoming a good juggler is having an assignment due in, isn't it? And that your excuse not to do your assignment is, oh, I'll just juggle a bit more. There's so many people you talk to who do yes. that. You have to go away and to see another life yeah. to understand, oh, okay the life of a chuckler can be really nice. Yeah, you realise that you don't actually want to sit at a desk <laughs> and you sit in an office all the time and type into the computer. Um, so uh, you, uh, uh, I, say you, I saw you before and you performed uh, at the EJC. Now, you've got a very distinct performance style and a very distinct style of juggling. Could you tell me a bit about, uh, this is quite a few people have asked, you, asked about this as well, how did you develop your style? Do you sort of visualise a trick or do you just play about and see what happens or are there sort of creative exercises that you go through, some drills or practice regimes that you go to? Um, maybe tell me a bit about that. Yeah. Um, I think in the in the beginning, or let's say five, six years ago, it was really about playing, just putting some nice music on and then playing. And if I find a nice sequence, I try to write it down mm -hmm. so I don't forget it. Um, but now it changed a little bit. Now, I, because of, of the lot of teaching I do, I found a lot of exercises, which I also repeat for me, like I have in the beginning, in the morning. I, I can say in the morning, I, I juggle in a really structured way. In the evening, I improvise. Um, so in the morning I really have my exercises I go through which means it's three hours I, I don't know, I start with no ball then I do a lot of one ball stuff I try to do a lot of stretching with a ball somewhere um, so it's a kind of combination between the exercises and just play around Okay, uh, to describe your style, could you just describe it a bit? Because I would just say that you you juggle with your with your hands and your feet and your head, and you you know you're throwing around, you're moving a lot. How would you actually describe your style if you if someone asks what kind of juggling do you do? What would you say to that? I like the word organic juggling, 
which means that the the need to move comes out of the body the body decides what to do it's not about uh, the head is not saying okay now i want to juggle seven for four and now i try to do uh, i don't know um six six three it's more like uh, yeah juggling is hard yeah uh, it's more like i don't know oh the shoulder is so heavy in the moment boom so my shoulder starts to move I think and it's just a pure feeling thing it's just sort of going with the flow this poor feeling thing always sounds so esoteric um, <laughs> but is it that is it that you just think oh and I'm gonna go this way now and you just because it just feels like you've moved in one way and you just think actually now this direction yes it's a little bit like this and is that is that I try to break something I think what I what I explored in the, la in the last two years it's about okay when I always go to the right now I have to do something which is going to the left Or now I'm really, really fast, so immediately I have to stop. So try to find some differences, some uh, different dynamics, and play also with the expectations of me, and also if somebody is looking at it, uh, of the audience, just to play with these expectations and do something different, what they don't expect. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that makes jugglers, to me, stand out so much is the ones who sort of see some rules and break the rules of juggling. It's how every trick is created. You get, you get a set of rules, you define something, and you change one of the definitions or break one of the definitions or do something in a different way, and it creates like a whole new area um, to juggle. And uh, and you, yours, your juggling definitely does that. I mean, there's a great piece in your routine at the moment where you, you throw a ball and, it, and you haven't thrown a ball. You know the piece where you sort of, it looks like you're going to throw it out into the audience and you, and you turn around and it's just caught behind your, your head. And also you do a body roll. One thing that I really loved about the routine is you do a, like a, a roll down one arm and across, and you'd normally just roll it across the chest and back down the other arm, but you catch it in your shirt next to your heart. And I think that's like, is, it's just, you, that, does that come from playing or does that come from just seeing what works with the ball? Um... Okay, it's the, it was the shirt. I, I was wearing the shirt and I was thinking, I have to do something with the shirt. So, um, yeah, but before I, I was doing the same trick, but without without uh, catching it with the shirt, I was just catching it there and then falling down. Um, it just came. It came two days before this show in Dresden. Oh, really? Because that was, that was new for me, because I've seen the throw before. It's just the one in the shirt. And that was probably the only time you used the shirt, except for taking it off, um, that you... That I've, that I've seen that done before in that way and it just uh, it really stood out it's also a lot of repetition like okay I, I play my routine in, in the training and then sometimes I play my routine and I say before okay now play routine but try to do a little slight away just yeah. do some different stuff yeah. do still the same but find some other ways to go yeah. and I think there comes sometimes really good ideas But I guess you can only do that when you've got the routine so like set up, so you don't have to think about it anymore, and everything's clear in your head. Right. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. Um, well, that's cool. Uh, let's move on. Oh no! Still at Bremen, there's a, a video that was put online. I think it was Alan Plotkin videoed this. Maybe it was Alan Plotkin. I can't remember. Um, it's the. It was called the Bremen uh, Improv Video. Have you seen it? I mean, of course you've seen it because you're in it and things like that. But uh, massively influential as well. I mean, so many people have. Uh, you know, it's mentioned so many times on the internet, on Rec.Juggling and other places like that, and quite a few people said uh, to thank you for that performance, and probably nothing to do nothing to do with you, the video going online but uh, can you tell me a bit about that, how that how that performance came about, you and uh, Mintam and, and Jonas, Jonas it was. Okay. Yeah. a lot of people are asking, who is the third guy? Yeah. 
It's uh, Jonas. He is from uh, Switzerland. He just finished the school, the, the school at Dimitri. Uh, still living in Switzerland. Has a really nice uh, half an hour chuckling show. Um, really experimental. He's playing a lot of electronic music, and he is he's constructing the electronic music on stage yeah. with his balls. Like he has different buttons on the floor, and then so one ball on the button, and then there's a loop coming and. Uh, so whose idea was it to get all get the three of you up on stage? Because you're all fantastic three ball jugglers or fantastic jugglers as well. And uh, how did you actually fit that together? Um, this the way of of this juggling. I think uh, let's say the inventors are um, Philip Mayhofer yeah. and uh, Hannes. Hannes is a non, not really well known juggler from uh, Bremen, no Hannover. Um, and they find this kind what we call chemming, like five balls, two persons. I've done this a lot with Philip, and then I was training a lot with Jonas, so I was doing it with Jonas. And then, I don't know, it was just an idea in Bremen that uh, we asked Mintam, okay, we do it. And then we've done it. Yeah, it was a fantastic experience. You actually went for so long, and then you got back up on stage and, and carried on as well. But so many people have, have you know mentioned that video as well. And uh, actually, let's move on to a bit with, with Philip. You are really surprised about this uh, kind of success. In what, the reaction from the audience and from then on? Just, okay, we go on stage. And then it was really crazy. We didn't believe it. It was like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I know. I was actually watching from the side because I had to follow that on stage. I was actually—I think I was the last act in that in that whole show or something like that. And I was looking at this and I was thinking, "This is just amazing." You know, there's so much other great stuff in the show, and then that you came on. Go afterwards. I know. Well, I wasn't—I wasn't directly afterwards, but I was—I was the final act in that show, and I was just thinking, "Nobody's going to care what I do after this." It was just—it was just magic happening on the stage, and it was. Oh, it was also good. And you say that you worked a lot with with Philip as well. I mean, you performed at the EJC and uh, with your, with a beatbox routine. He does beatbox and jogging. Tell me a bit about you working with with uh, with Philip and when you started working with him and that relationship. I think with Philip, I started five years ago. Um, so Philip is for me one of the best chuckler if he is in a good mood. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, he's the the best improviser I've ever saw. Sometimes he's chuckling, I don't know, I just look at him 20 minutes and I think, it's not possible, what are you doing? But he cannot repeat it. And he forget everything. But uh, sometimes it's just flowing around and it's unbelievable. Okay, um, with Philip, um, it, it was really great because in a certain way he has the same approach like me on chuckling, in a certain way. Um, like this improvisation game. Okay. <laughs> but when you work together, I mean, when did you first decide to put a show on together as well? Because your beatbox piece and the other the five-ball piece that you do, I mean, it's like, is that, do you work with him a lot or is it mainly for conventions or what do you do with him? No, in the, okay, we met, at the, I think, at the Hannover convention and uh, it was really nice. And then he, he moved to Berlin and then we just decided, okay, we want to make our money with chuckling. So we wanted uh, really great acts which we can play everywhere. Um, we were trying this for one year and then um, Philip just decided okay I want to become a father I don't want to travel I want to have my family I want to go to university I want to be a teacher for kids um, which is really great for him um, so we stopped in a certain way working together now it's just for fun and it's also really funny because now it's just for fun now we get a lot of uh, questions to perform in cabarets and stuff like this which is 
really nice, but <laughs> but you were, you were, cause didn't you live with him for a while? You actually lived together in the flat above the catacomb, didn't you? We lived away together, yeah. Yeah, because the first time I came to Berlin back in two thousand and uh, two thousand four, uh, we went and uh, he, yeah, we performed down at the Shine Bar, I think it was. You remember that time? And uh, I did some stuff, and you did your beatbox routine. Was that the first time you performed it? Then? In the Shine Bar yeah. this time? No, no, no. Oh, okay, because no. it was that was it just blew me away because I've seen you do your own. I've seen you do your own juggling, but uh, seeing the two of you do stuff together, uh, some, one of my favourite acts that, um, especially your five person, no, the five ball acts that you do uh, between the two of you. It's, uh, it's really crazy. He can do a lot of different stuff. It doesn't matter what beatboxing, um, juggling, painting, everything. <laughs> yeah, he's very talented. Everything, everything really, not in a structured way, but yeah. just it has to come. All over the place. Yes, yes. Although his beatboxing does drive me crazy. He never shuts up. And I'm like, shut <laughs> up. Just put your tongue away. Just stop it. Anyway. That was also the reason why we don't live together anymore. <laughs> really? <Because> also, <laughs> I, don't, I, I think he needs four hours sleep a day. Yeah. And me, I need, I don't know. Okay, I need eight hours. But when I come out of bed, I'm really tired. And, and, and you don't want that. <laughs> I don't want to speak with somebody. I just want to have my coffee. But I come in the kitchen and he's in the kitchen in the morning. And, oh, Stefan, I found a new tone. Nice, nice, Philip. Really nice. <laughs> oh, I think I'd love that. What? Really? Yeah. No, uh, no. with Philip, it's just, it's like, I talk to him and he goes, hi, how are you doing? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm doing okay. And he'd be like, <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, sorry, shut up. Anyway. No, great joke. People who, who are just up. When they when they get up, they are up and they can talk and they can do something and they yeah, but not there. beatboxing <laughs> continuously. Anyway, let's get back to the juggling and uh, get, back to, get back to Stefan. Um, uh, you you don't just uh, perform now as a as a juggler. You've also you're also teaching quite a bit as well. Um, tell us about the different teaching you don't know how you get into that. I don't know. It just came. Yeah. In a certain way, it was it was really good because when I stopped the university, there I had a lot of luck because uh, Ben Richter stopped at the etage. Then Alan Plim was teaching there for half a year, and then I just got the job because Alan Plim stopped doing it. I just that's the cir- one of the circus schools here in Berlin. Yeah, I just uh, got the possibility to earn there my money ex- just after the the university. So it started with this. And how many years ago was that then? I think this was five years ago. Yeah, you don't just you don't just teach there, but you also direct the shows as well. Because when the artists, you know, when the when the students put on stages, what's it like directing a, a big group of students like that? You you get them in, and you've got to put together some kind of juggling show by the end of it. Tell me what that's like. Um, it's wonderful and really hard work, <laughs> and really stressful. Because if the show starts, you can't do anything. The show starts, and you just know, okay, my kids now they are there. And, and you just sit there in the behind the lighting desk or something. I sit behind the lighting desk, <laughs> and I'm so nervous. I'm much more nervous than if I'm on stage, and I really know what they have to do. And if they don't come to do it, I'm really behind this desk and think, "Oh, come on, fuck, come on, come on, come on, <laughs> where you are? No, it's not possible." So uh, it takes a lot of energy, and sometimes it takes too much energy. <laughs> but it's worth it, though. You enjoy doing that kind of thing. Yes, at the end. After it, it's always really great. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'd love to do. Actually, put together. Not sure I could do it with circus school students, though. I think that would. Uh, I think that would drive me crazy. Really, but there, there are twenty kids, uh, yeah. really different kind of qualities, which is also, yeah. Not everybody wants to work like hell, and not everybody comes to the point 
if I say, okay, we meet at 10, so uh, 10 people come at 10, five people come at half past 10, and five come at two. So <laughs> when you are there, it's not working. <laughs> and you also, uh, you've been to, every year you go down over to Belgium, uh, to Brussels as well, for seven weeks, you just mentioned that before. What's that like? Um, that's really great because uh, ESAC is a really good circus school. In every class, I have just two chucklers. Um These chucklers, they are so nice. They are really my friends. It's really intensive working. I learn a lot for myself. Um, you, you say you have two students or two students per class? Two students per class. Oh. There are three, class, three classes with each two students. And it's a really high quality. Um, so it's a lot of work and fun. Well, I think that's the kind of thing that I would like to do. It's actually just have, like you say, just a few students at a time, not a group of 20 kids. I'm not sure I could put up with that. Um, I've just got one student at the moment. <laughs> well, don't look at me like that, funny. It's so true. <laughs> um, but it's not funny. Why not? You learn loads of stuff from me. I learn loads, but it's not my choice. <laughs> it's, it is your choice. When you don't want to learn something, you don't learn something. And sometimes when you do, you're like, yeah, I've got to learn something. Woo! You can see that you you enjoy that. Um, so uh, let's get into some uh, questions um, from from people who've sent some stuff in. Uh, one thing that someone just asked recently is like, if you could be a ball, what kind of ball would you be? <laughs> this is not my question. I yeah, that's what you say. <laughs> Perhaps the world. You'd be the world. <laughs> no. Um, okay. In in. In direction of chuckling, I think I would I would like to be a, a silicon ball, yeah. because uh, I'm not chuckling silicon balls anymore, but they are the most nicest and exclusive balls which are existing. What balls do you juggle now? Um, for if I do my one wall stuff, it's a big, uh, really heavy stage ball. Uh, for and I juggle the big DX balls. And but now I found out there are new balls from Play from this shop in Italy. They put used um, like a Russian ball. But yeah, silex balls or something. Isn't it? Yeah, that's it. Um, with fluid silicon inside. And for numbers like five, six, seven, I really like them. They they feel really well in the hand. Um, you don't like them? No, not really. No, I, I've tried them and it's like nice idea, but uh, I don't know. I just. It's, I, you know, I, I, my style, my choice of balls changes all the time and things. I've got like so many sets for different reasons, but then I just couldn't see myself using them very much at all. I don't know why. I really like them for training because they fly. For me, they fly in a really nice way. They are not heavy because before I was always chucking with these DX balls. Yeah. They're packed quite full, aren't they? They are really heavy, so I don't know. After ten minutes, I always get hurts in the back. Uh, so I like them for training, but on stage, I still chuckle the the DX balls. Because I like the feedback. If they really fall in your hand, you really know what's going, what's falling in your hand, and you really feel it. I tried it once, once with these uh, play balls on the stage, but they are too light. Oh. I, I felt like I don't know, chucking ping pong balls. And on stage, you always have a lot of energy, so it's really good. And you always drop. Yeah. Well, sometimes. Always. Yeah. What? You, do you, uh, no, I was going to say. <laughs> no, just in general. You always. Because I, I tried, I tried. <laughs> and you always drop. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying you. I said one always drop. You know, as yeah, uh, people, people always, always drop. And I, I found that I juggled uh, these stage balls and I dropped them. They just go everywhere. And the Russians, you drop them and they go thud. And DX balls, you drop them and they sort of go thud roll. But you know, 
controllable. Um, uh, question actually, it'd be surpri- surprising how many people. Wait, some sort of surprising how many people brought it up. But um, some people, a few people mentioned this, and one specific question is: Have you ever thought about waxing your back? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I I sent this out to no, I'm not. I'm no. Oh, some people wanted to know. It's true, because because I think you've got a reputation for being quite hairy, Stefan. What do you think about that? It's like a test, huh? Um, no, but as a performer, you ever thought that you could sort of like wax yourself off and and? I I think a lot about it, but I was already thinking about laser, but this will cost about ten thousand euro, so it will not work. About Maybe we can ask these people who are interested if they want to yeah. s- spend a bit of money. <laughs> yeah, a donation drive for the yeah. wax, <laughs> Stefan. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe a wax for charity or something. Okay, <laughs> Stefan goes to no hair. Yeah. Benefits. Um, no, and about this waxing, I heard it's, it hurts such a lot. It hurts such a lot. So, yeah. yeah. Epil- <laughs> oh, let's tell that <laughs> No, no, no. Luke epilating his chest. I didn't epilate my chest. No, I epilated his chest. <laughs> Probably the most painful thing. Now, I've had a tattoo on the top of my foot. The mo- Easily the most painful thing. Epilating a chest. So like uh, It's not like one wax, like rip. And it's all gone. It's sort of like, and it's like over time, hair by hair by hair by hair comes out. Uh, it was the biggest fun ever. <laughs> wasn't, I was screaming like a girl. I already tried it. It's yeah. it's horrible. <laughs> yeah. It's horrible. Let's go to another question. Um, uh, what kind of juggling performances really annoy you? Annoy me. Juggling all performances. The, um, all the chucking performances which are not honest. Like what do you mean not honest? They pretend something what they are not. For for example, I would like to say it more in a positive way. Like uh, there are some really classical chucklers who comes out, they juggle uh, numbers like three, three clubs, four clubs, five clubs, six clubs, seven clubs, and then uh, three balls, five balls, seven balls. Yeah. But if they have fun on stage, it's really wonderful. Mm-hmm. They can be also really like, uh, Ella! but if they really feel this, Ella! it's it's great. Um the people listening can't see your uh, <laughs> movement. <laughs> well, I speak better if I want to move with it. Uh, <laughs> uh, what annoys me? No, I think that's that's a good uh, good answer. Actually, the people who don't look like they mean it. Yeah, it's, it's the thing. Uh, um, there's a uh, there's a there's a few just being unhonest. Just being unhonest. Mm. Oh. That's cool. Um, th- there was other questions here but I think we've probably covered quite uh, quite a, a lot of this so um, other questions that we always like to ask people do you have a cat? No Oh one question that people just it's, it's just something that we we ask, ask people you know and some people have cats and um, The last time I, Philip has a cat Yeah. and uh, they were in holidays and two weeks there was a cat in my flat Great. In my flat <laughs> The cat sat in the flat um, uh, Do you have a girlfriend? Uh, no Ah, there you go. That's answered one person's question. Um, <laughs> one girl's question. <laughs> actually, not the same girl who, not the but same girl who asked about that back hair, though. But 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 you wrote something in the last. I don't know this uh, top forty chucklers yeah. stuff. You wrote something last time that I have a girlfriend. No, yeah, I got I got mixed up between you and Philip. Because okay, okay, okay. <laughs> because yeah, what I said. <laughs> no, because I it was something like that. Because. <laughs> It wasn't that. I just I said something like, "Oh, you've you you know you're concentrating more on 
being, uh, you know, doing family stuff, and I realised that I'd got a conversation that I had with Philip okay, completely yeah. mixed up, and you pretty much just explained oh, maybe that. Maybe that made his year last <laughs> now. Okay. Um, have you got anything, uh, any question that you want to answer, and we've not, we've not asked you any questions? Is there any like a, uh, a question that you would ask yourself if you were interviewing yourself? Have you got a really good answer? Um, no. Nothing? No. Okay, have you got one final message to say to jugglers or anything like that? Sort of like one, like one piece of advice that you give any juggler? Um, let me guess, let me guess. What? Be honest. It could be that, but let's, <laughs> let's, uh, let's Stefan, uh, let Stefan give his, give his final, final piece of advice, final answer of the, uh, of the interview. Um, be honest. <laughs> Seriously? No, it was really in my head when, when, yeah. Have you been to Stefan's workshops or something? Um, I was the girl asking, like, if he has got a girlfriend. Ah. Be honest and um, do a lot of body work without objects. What, just learn how to move? Just, uh, just stand, for example. Just stand and go with your focus in your knees. Go with your focus in your chest. Go with your focus in the head. Go everywhere and just stand. Or just uh, lay on the floor and try to go to every part of the body. Just be conscious about the body. Are you talking for, for performers or just hobby jugglers? For everybody, not only jugglers, for everybody. <laughs> you know, the ball he wants to be is the words. Yeah, that does make Every sense. Every person. That does make sense. Um, so... Uh, it's a pity that I already said word peace. Yeah, because that would, that would uh, really fit in there. Um, yeah, world peace is one of our biggest messages. My so uh, I think we've, <laughs> we've we've been doing this interview for about half an hour. So let's uh, wrap it up. Stefan, thank you very much for answering all these questions that people are sending. It's a pleasure. No problem at all. Um, so anything else that we've got to say on the on the podcast, Paula? No. Uh, shake on your head doesn't come across on the on the because microphone. I, bet I said no. <laughs> but <thank you> so <laughs> so uh, and just trying to think. Yeah, no. guys, keep sending in, uh, keep sending in emails and keep sending in messages because we really love emails and messages. And if you got any questions or any people that you want me to uh, interview or get some, yeah, because Luke is doing that by himself. Yeah, or uh, any anyone that you want us to interview, we will be going to the the the. Um, the, the Israeli convention and the British juggling convention so if you know anyone who's going to be there or if you want to be interviewed yourself um, just catch us at a convention I'm sure we'll have um, a microphone for you and uh, hey I don't know but uh, yeah it's, it's been great getting your emails and messages and um, yeah what, what are we doing in the future a lot a lot uh, yes. Thank you. In the next podcast. Yes, of course. They'll hear in the we next are podcast. About the future, we are normally talking about the past. Yeah, but we are going to the Israeli juggling convention next week, and we'll probably be tra- traveling on Monday and Tuesday. And so I have a passport now. Yeah, Polo's actually got so. Shh, don't tell the Israeli convention organizers that. Okay, that yeah, that you realize that you didn't actually have a valid passport, but she does now. And um, oh, I was so annoyed when you told me that. <laughs> you sit down, Luke. So Don't get annoyed. <laughs> I'm so glad it's a it's a, a podcast and not a video podcast. <laughs> Do you know why? Why? Because the people could see that you still have something stuck between your teeth. Ah, thanks. For, <laughs> thanks for telling me, guys. I've just been sitting here all this time. Anyway, so we're really looking forward to going off to the Israeli convention. Our act is pretty much finished. Just a few video bits to go, really, isn't it now? And uh, and I'm working on them. I'm going to be working like a mad dog for the next seven <laughs> days before getting all the to get all that finished okay what yeah, I'm just saying it. okay
Yeah, and um, no, we've actually been going about 45 minutes now. So, uh, so yeah, wrap it up. Um, see you guys in the future. Maybe next week. Maybe a bit late next week because we'll be at a convention and things like that. But, uh, uh, oh, there is one thing that I wanted to say. No, this is, this is quite funny. You know, I haven't told you this yet, but you know I did a gig last fr- Thursday and Friday. And it was a promotion gig in a... In it was a, a bottom factory. It wasn't a bottom factory. I, I worked... I'm not going to tell you the name of the company because, you know, that whole client, um, you know, relationship, anonymity and things, all, all that, that kind of stuff. Um, but I, wor- I actually was performing, uh, uh, doing sort of some kind of presentation, these mini shows and stuff, at a, um, at a trade stand at the European Urology Conference or something. Now, urology is, is anything medical-wise to do with your bits... Yeah, your bits between your legs. Um, so what I was actually doing, as I was doing a juggling performance, like five balls and five rings and three clubs and stuff like that, and a bit of roller bowl or a knife juggling, all the different bits and bits, a bit of Diablo. And I was doing all these mini shows. And behind me, on a very large screen, was... A bottom. No, not a bottom. There was actually a, a video playing like close up between a woman's legs of surgery taking place on her well on her bits and pieces okay so i'm standing there juggling and, and stopping and people going woo and clapping and stuff and then i sort of smile turn around and look direct like it's like really really close up with with like four pairs of hands in there scalpels people sticking things in there oh it's disgusting the weirdest thing was even though the whole bits were open to everyone they'd actually where you could see like the the anus they'd actually fuzz that bit out which i think is just amazing if you're actually going to see their close-up surgery of of vaginal surgery well not vaginal because it's you know not that anyway um Maybe it was just a special mower so that the people wouldn't recognize that. i don't it was a very very strange situation there the next day i went back different video playing this time for a uh a pneumatic um, penile um, prosthetic. In other words, something that gets inserted into your penis if you can't get erections. And there's a pump. One of the testicles isn't a testicle. It's actually a pump. So you squeeze it. And the penis goes up into an erect, stuff like that. And then you squeeze the other one and there's like a valve and it lets out and things like that. And that was playing on a big video screen behind me while I was doing a juggling gig. That for the podcast. And I didn't, I haven't told you that yet because I thought that would be just a fun thing to share um, on the podcast. Um, yeah, probably one of the most bizarre locations for a juggling gig I've ever done um, at a urology company's stand. Uh, but the whole the whole conference was like that. Everywhere that you looked was um, penises. Pe- penises and Viagra stands and testosterone gel and lots of catheters and anyway it was a bit weird but uh, I had fun anyway I thought I'd just leave leave the podcast on that story I, I didn't write down so many notes or any notes for this um, podcast so I, I was going to mention that at the beginning but anyway um, that's it thank you very much Stefan it's a pleasure and thank you very much Polly no problem and <laughs> and uh, see you guys next week bye, bye. <laughs>